Hello and welcome to the In Publishing podcast. Our guest this week is Dominic Carter, Group Chief Commercial Officer at News UK, where he's responsible for all commercial revenues across the News UK portfolio of media brands, including The Times and Sunday Times, The Sun and Wireless Group Radio. I talked to Dominic about how News UK has continued to pursue a successful digital-first approach, even in the midst of a pandemic. The thing that's in common with all of them is that ultimately advertisers want to reach audiences and, you know, we reach our audiences across multiple different ways. In, in, in many ways, it doesn't matter whether it's uh, in our audio business through podcasts, our broadcast business through our radio platforms, our digital business or our print business. Effectively, you know, advertisers want to reach uh, consumers and elicit the behavior that they want to see from those, from those consumers. And listening together, that is the challenge that we, that we have, but also the opportunity that exists in a multimedia business that we are. Dominic outlined the key planks of News UK's commercial strategy, including driving innovation. So I think innovation really is at the heart of it. And then an audience first approach, then brand and then category expertise. The importance of content. Fundamentally, at the heart of all of our businesses, we're a content business. We tell stories. We're a storytelling business. And we put consumers at the heart of everything we do. The value of media groups working together to sell advertising over digital platforms. Together, all of us as publishers collectively have a larger monthly audience reach than any of the platforms in the UK. So it's a great opportunity for us. We're making it easier for the buyers and allowing them to execute large-scale buys in a premium audience environment under trusted, credible brands. And why during the COVID crisis, consumers have increasingly turned to trusted, credible news sources. What's incredible, though, is that because digital is such an important part of everyone's business today, and you think about it from a media owner perspective, what we saw and many other media owners saw was a significant rise in the consumption of our media, the thirst for information about COVID-19 and its impact on the world that we, that we live in today. All consumers turned to credible, trusted news sources for, for, for that information. We would like to thank our podcast sponsor, Acorn Web Offset, the Yorkshire-based specialist A5 and A4 magazine printer. With high-speed web offset and sheet-fed printing, together with in-house saddle stitching, perfect binding and mailing services, Acorn can cope with the most demanding of production turnarounds. Acorn prides itself on its efficiency and low-cost print production. For more information, visit acornweb.co.uk. Dominic Carter is Group Chief Commercial Officer at News UK, responsible for all commercial revenues across the News UK and Wireless Group's media portfolios. Dominic, welcome to the In Publishing podcast. Thank you. Can I begin by asking about your career journey to where you are now? Yeah, I guess it depends how long you've got, um, because I have been in the industry for some time, um, probably a long time before many of your listeners were uh, even born into this world. But um, I started in magazines in the uh, late 90s, uh, sorry, in the late 80s, I should correct. And um, uh, I joined newspaper industry in September 1991. Um, Through various iterations, nine years at uh, at news, uh, worked across um, some of the newspapers that don't exist today. Today, newspaper being one of them, The Sun, News, The World, Times, Sunday Times. Uh, Spent some time in Australia with the business. Um, 
left uh, left the organisation in the late nineties. Joined um, joined an internet business uh, where I remained for for some time before moving on to Trinity Mirror, where I became ad director, and subsequently landed back at News in two thousand and six as trading director on the Times Sunday Times, and then. Um, began my journey of bringing together uh, the commercial functions of newsgroup newspapers and Times newspapers into one entity, one commercial function, uh, got promoted to commercial director, and then subsequently moved on to be managing director and now group chief commercial officer, including um, uh, all of our news productions and events businesses, as well as uh, the wireless radio uh, business as well under my remit. So as you've outlined there, you began in newspaper advertising in a very different era before digital was really uh, an important part of the landscape. How has the typical commercial deal evolved over those years and what, in your view, have been the key turning points along the way? Um, Yes, you're right. Um, If I think of a business we were in uh, back in the early 90s, we were you know, you know, in many ways, we're in a really exciting time, uh, although I don't think there's never been an exciting time in the industry, but we're a really exciting time um, with the Sun newspaper, um, which actually uh, people won't remember because they probably weren't around in those days. Uh, the Mirror Record uh, was our main competitor against the Sun, um, and it outsold, uh, the combination outsold uh, the Sun newspaper. So so we were on a on a quite an aggressive journey to grow the business um, and to grow uh, to grow our advertising revenues within it. You know, the first start point of that was was I guess um, uh, during that period in the early nineties, there were no contracts. You know, we didn't have any line by line client contracts. Everything was traded on a day by day basis, um, very very short term. Uh, literally, as an advertiser, you could ring up one day, we'd quote you a price. You could ring up the following day, it'd be a different price. Um, it almost was uh, in the truest form in the early stages of arguably what we refer to as programmatic advertising. Now it was uh, it was demand uh, demand led and supply led. Um, I if there was little supply, your price went up, um, and that's the way it worked. And if I think about it today, we're much more constructive um, in terms of uh, contracts that we do today. Um, they include digital, they include print, um, they include our radio business where appropriate, um, and you know a lot of that has been has been a, a cause of, of the reason why we put together the two commercial functions of newsgroup newspapers and Times newspapers. And the, the reason for that was because that what we saw on the other side of the fence, if you like, um, on the agency side was increased consolidation, you know, and the formation of uh, the holding group, uh, holding groups that we see today. And you know, those holding groups really came about, you know, through a combination of bringing together creative and media. Um, media, I think, took more of a top seat at that table um, scale gave them the ability to negotiate uh, and, and use that scale to, to, to leverage uh, improved pricing. And effectively, we had to uh, meet scale with scale and bringing together the two businesses of Newsgroup and TNL was an opportunity to do that. So um, the contracts extend uh, today, um, I say across all of our media, they're done at an agency level, um, you know, for the most part. Um, and then there are some individual uh, line-by-line contracts across a business. So from a business that 30 years ago had no contracts to a business today, uh, which is pretty much 90% of its revenue is contracted revenue. And so as you, as you say, you oversee uh, a portfolio of leading media brands, The Times, The Sunday Times, The Sun, and also uh, the wireless radio group. How do the business models of these titles differ and as you say, you are often selling across the portfolio. What do they have in common? 
Uh, well, the thing that's in common with all of them is that ultimately advertisers want to reach audiences and, you know, we reach our audiences across multiple uh, of different, different ways, you know, and it, it, in, in many ways, it doesn't matter whether it's uh, in our audio business through podcasts, our broadcast business through, through, our, through our radio platforms, our digital business or our print business. Effectively, you know, advertisers want to reach, want to reach uh, consumers and elicit the behavior that they want to see from those, from those consumers. And listening together, that is, uh, is, is the challenge that we, that we have, but also the opportunity that exists in a multimedia, um, uh, multimedia business that we are. But in terms of the business models that we, that we operate across the Times, the Sunday Times, I think quite clearly we have a subscription model there, which is paid to digital subscriptions and, you know, obviously very recently hit record levels. Um, in digital at three hundred thirty-seven thousand, and for the Sun, it's a it's a it's a scale play, and it's a free access um, digital digital business. But they both share a digital first approach. But fundamentally, at the heart of all of our businesses, we're a content business. We tell stories. We're a storytelling business, and we put consumers at the heart of everything we do. Um, we go where they want us, and because they trust us, we offer them new products and services. And those products extend, you know, and if you think about the sun over the years, whether it's Sun Bingo or in the Times now we've, with Times Radio and increasingly uh, a, a raft of podcasts. Um, so the common thing is audience, um, you know, and uh, uh, albeit that the business models of subscriptions versus free, uh, free digital anyway, are, um, are fundamentally different. And in our wireless business, clearly we look for registrations. You know, we've got to see how many people are downloading the apps and registering those apps because first-party data is becoming increasingly important in the way that we will articulate our audience, understand our audience, and been able to offer um, advertising solutions for our advertising partners. And if you could sum up your commercial strategy for News UK, what would that be? Uh, I'd say driving innovation um, is pretty much at the heart of it. I don't believe that uh, any media owner today in, in singularity um, can compete with some of the major platforms. So you've got to drive in innovation and you've got to encourage collaboration. Uh, we've done that twice um, in recent years with Ozone, which is a joint venture that we set up with the Telegraph, the Guardian and Reach. Um, and we've just had some recent uh, uh, changes to that to accelerate the growth and what we see in Ozone. Um, and that is bringing together an aggregation of all of our audiences across, um, across all of our digital platforms to be able to complete at scale with audience segments led with first party data um, it's proven to be incredibly successful. And then recently, um, during during the lockdown, actually, we launched another business uh, joint venture with Bauer Radio. Um, so Wireless and Bauer Radio, we launched um, Octave, which is a digital audio um, streaming advertising uh, business. Um, so I think innovation really is at the, at the heart of it. Um, and then an audience first approach, uh, then brand, and then category expertise. I, I was going to come on to ask about ozone, but maybe this is a good a good time to ask if you can explain a little bit more about how that project works. Well, we call, it's called Project Ozone, but in in reality, it is a it is a fully fledged business. It's a it's a uh, we all are equal shareholders uh, in the business. Um, uh, look, if you if you think about advertisers and you think about the platforms that they buy into the things that um that are that, that, that the platforms do really well is to make it easy uh for people to buy um you know and i'll just, just think about facebook for a moment how easy it is to buy advertising on 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 those platforms and obviously with logged in users uh immense amounts of first party data and understanding uh, of the consumer if you if you consider having multiple um multiple publishers all competing um, as we do and you know and have done in the past um, all competing uh, with a buyer for a buyer 
um, to actually execute a buy digitally to think, well, I let's say, for example, I want to buy um, uh, I want to buy motor car intenders. I, I, I'm looking for people that want to buy a car in the next in the next few months. And I define that uh, in my audience, I, in my media, I might say, well, actually, we define that as people that have read a motoring article in the three motoring articles in the last two weeks. For another media owner, it might be they've read one motoring article in a month. It's quite difficult to build consistency. So by putting all of our audiences together in the first party-led data way, then it, what it allows a buyer to do is to go to Ozone to buy any standard IAB format, display format, um, at scale, you know, with consistency across audience segments, you know, and therefore allows us to compete, you know, with the platforms. And together, you know, all of us as publishers collectively have a larger monthly audience reach than any of the platforms in the UK. So it's a great opportunity for us. We're making it easier for the buyers, you know, and allowing them to execute large-scale buyers, large-scale buys in a premium audience environment under trusted, credible brands. Well, this year has been an extraordinarily difficult one. I think we'll all agree. And um, advertising has been hard hit by COVID. What would be your message to prospective advertisers as to why they should continue spending money on news media? Well, I think we'll see. I mean, you're right. It's uh, It's been a challenging year in the pandemic. And, you know, for all the years that I spent in the industry, I have to say it's the most challenging period, you know, uh, and I can compare it to... Uh, compare it to uh, the financial crisis that we had in 2008, uh, to the dot-com bubble bursting in uh, in late 90s, stroke early noughties. Um, but actually, there is no comparison, you know, to any of those uh, any of those times ever in the in in the last three decades that I've been in the industry to what we're seeing to what we're seeing now. But what is also um, quite clear, and this is uh, the advent and, you know, the importance of, uh, of digital, because digital is such an important part of everyone's business today. And you think about it from a media owner perspective, what we saw and many other media owners saw was, was a significant rise in the consumption of our media, the thirst for information about COVID-19 um, and its impact uh, on the world that we, that we live in today. You know, all consumers turn to credible, trusted news sources for, for, for that information. And I, what, what was also uh, clear during that period was that advertising, for all intents and purposes, disappeared for about two months um, from, from the market, you know, which, which meant advertisers missed out potentially on an opportunity to tap into uh, the consumer at that time. Now, we look back in time and, 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 and maybe in time we'll find that that may have been the right thing to do. But for sure, um, I think advertisers uh, should take the opportunity, you know, to uh, ensure that their adverts are seen in, uh, in the appropriate, credible, trusted media environments that are, that, that are publishing brands that, that, that we and others have in the industry today. And I think it's very, very important for advertisers that want to see themselves successfully thriving post-pandemic that they continue to communicate you know, to their audiences in, uh, in the best way they, they, they possibly can. Being absent from the market will definitely hold your growth back, you know, when this pandemic is over. And looking beyond COVID, which might be hard to do still at the moment, what do you see as the main challenges news media faces in terms of commercial strategy? So, well, if the pandemic has certainly uh, accelerated the longer term structural change, and that is the shift 
uh, you know, from from print to digital. And whilst you know we've we've obviously been dealing with that for for many years as as print circulations have have declined and digital consumption has grown, um, it has definitely accelerated that. And we have to think of our business being possibly two three years ahead of where we imagined it would be, and that is really as a consequence of the last uh, the last seven or eight months. However, I would also say there's still huge value in print. You know, we see it as a fundamentally important part of uh, and channel of our of our content distribution, um, and it's important for for uh, for many millions of our uh, of our readers. But we do need to recognise that in the longer term, consumers uh, do like the convenience of digital. You know, and therefore we have to take a for digital first approach and accelerate our thinking in that. You know, like many other media owners, have to as a result of the pandemic we found ourselves in. Well, with that in mind, you um, News UK recently shifted towards measuring your total brand reach via the new PAMCO measurement tool, and you, along with others, have opted for private reporting of your ABC figures. Can you explain the thinking behind that? Yeah, I guess we we look at ourselves as a as a multi platform business with brands that that reach more people than ever before via mobile, via web apps, video, radio stations, podcasts, alongside print. And even though print um, remains a vitally important method of distributing our editorial content to our readers, and also uh, vital for for meeting many of our advertisers' needs, it's logical that the way that we measure our audience reflects the way the world works today. So we put our customers at the heart of everything we do, and we're continually developing new and exciting products across all platforms, from new apps and websites to the upcoming, uh, um, to the launch of uh, Times Radio. And I guess what we need to have is a renewed focus on the total audience reach across many of our distribution platforms that, that enables the news sector, the media agencies and advertising parts to understand the true value of news brands and the power of advertising with a trusted context. Now, if you define yourself by a print ABC number, you know, which is the way that you know a lot of uh, a lot of the trade media has liked to define the success or failure of news media brands. You know, they choose to ignore the incredible rise in consumption over the last two decades. You know, and define uh, define the success or failure of a business by a declining ABC. And that isn't the way that we run our business. That isn't the way consumers look at our business. Consumers look at you know look at the Times brand or the Sun brand you know, in all forms and consume it in the way in which they they choose to consume it. And it's important that we meet that and measure that criteria and may, and, and articulate that for advertisers rather than, you know, being defined by a declining uh, print newspaper sale. News UK recently won the award for Best Consumer Digital Publishing Company at the AOP Digital Awards. And I think that they um, cited the fact that your brands have done particularly well despite the pandemic. What were the key planks of your winning entry? Oh, God, um, what would I say? Firstly, I guess as a twenty-four-seven media business that that is incredibly digital, um, we managed the acute process of lockdown without ever missing a print or a digital edition, or ever going off air for that matter on our radio business, um, or either nationally in the UK or in or in Ireland, which I think is a is a is a massive feat. And secondly, uh, our mission of digital transformation has been dramatically accelerated. If you think about the growth of our audience, um, News UK's daily digital audience has grown 70% year on year to 9.7 million. Um, the Sun's audience grew by 45% uh, 
um, and the Times and Sunday Times monthly digital audience grew by 180%. Um, that combined with some of the aspects that I've talked about earlier about product innovation, um, putting the consumer at the, at the heart of what we did, you know, and making sure that we continue to do the hugely important job of keeping the nation informed and entertained through all these difficult times, I think were all the contributing factors um, to winning the award. You know, what I'd finally say is also that having, uh, having an amazing team around you with incredibly smart thinkers that put the consumer and the understanding of the consumer at the heart of what we do allows us to articulate our business much clearer um, than, than possibly others, and hence the reason why we received you know, the wonderful accolade as uh, Digital Consumer Publisher of the Year. Well, the digital giants, the, the big platforms, uh, currently take a large proportion of digital ad spend. How, in your view, can publishers take a larger slice of the pie? And are you optimistic that that is possible? Yeah, definitely optimistic. Um, we're not, of course, we compete. Everyone competes for, uh, for the share of the advertiser, the advertiser wallet. And we touched on Ozone earlier on and, and talked in some detail about, uh, about that. But Ozone offers scale that, that, that can challenge the, the platforms. And we've seen, you know, we've seen a fourfold growth in revenues over the last 12 months on Ozone. So, you know, in terms of ambition, um, yes, we, we absolutely believe that, uh, that we can take and con- will continue to take a larger slice of the pie. Um, and the investment that we've recently announced in, in Ozone to triple the headcount um, and make it the News UK Centre of Excellence for Programmatic I think is fundamentally important in our ability to do that. The other thing that we have, um, you know, is the relationship that we have with our with our consumers. You know, as you as you know, people people do buy brands. You know, um, you know, I, if I choose to be a Times reader, I'm a Times reader. If I choose to be a Sun reader, I'm a Sun reader or a Mail reader, etc. Um, but I think the two ways to tackle uh, the you know the increasing dominance of, uh, of of the platforms is to collaborate, which we want, which is what we've done with Ozone. And to truly uh, drive engagement uh, from your audience and better understanding um, of your audience through through insight and data, you know, and where you have that relationship, actually, that exchange is um, valued by by the consumer, and they don't mind um, giving you information, you know, that enables you to create products, you know, that meet their needs. And if you can do that, um, then I think you have a great opportunity to continue to grow around uh, grow revenues around the context and scale of audience that we that we have you know with the valuable relationships and trusted relationships we have with our consumers um news uk recently launched studio pie um, an independent photography and illustration agency that champions underrepresented talent in the creative industry um it's been another important theme of this year how important do you feel it is that the media industry increases diversity well, there are a number of a number of different reasons, and I think you know we can talk about the pandemic this year having you know uh, uh, such a huge impact on on, on the media industry, uh, but so did the you know uh, murder of George Floyd have a huge impact in uh, in society uh, uh, around the world, and and has caused uh, not just our industry but many other industries. To look at um, to look at uh, their position with regards to ethnicity and with regards to diversity more 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 generally, um, we launched Studio Pi because we believe that um, the media industry and the creative industries 
should encourage more talent to come through um, from diverse backgrounds. Um, if you think about, uh, if you think about, if I think about from this organization, this was just a, it was a um, Studio Pi was one element of a number of things that we've done. And what was hugely important that we was that we launched a diversity board here and that and 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 launched a strategy and policy in the business in our approach to both gender balance um, throughout the organization and increased uh, numbers of uh, of our ethnic population within within the company this is this is both right uh, for us as an organization to do to ensure that we widen the talent pool both from an ethnicity and from social backgrounds you know because we know that you know, for the most part the media industry certainly in journalism is made up of uh, of uh, middle class uh, Caucasians, and you know the reality is that only gives one perspective. Um, it is right that media companies that want to reflect society should both, um, you know, should reflect the society in the newsrooms as well. And therefore, we see that this is a as as doing has been right for the business, but also been right for the business in the long term because it's good business. Because ultimately, if you can't reflect the society and you don't understand people's perspectives, then I'm not sure you will be part of the society in the future. So, so it's important that we do it for our people and it's important that we do it for the business. That, that's, that's a very valuable insight. Um, it really has been a year of innovations for you because in June, uh, you launched Times Radio, um, which in a way is a sort of Uh, meeting point for the News UK side of the business uh, and the wireless group um, radio side of the business. What's the commercial opportunity there and and how has it changed the conversations you have with clients? Well, I guess if you think that people, advertisers have always always sought uh, um, activity in the Times portfolio. The Times and Sunday Times are up there as the most trusted uh, news brands in, in the UK. It felt natural, as we said, if you put the consumer first, um, then it feels natural that we should extend the Times business um, into, uh, into uh, the Times brand footprint. Um, and our consumers, we know, listen to various talk stations, um, probably on the BBC, um, rather than rather than other commercial stations, and therefore, what we had to do was to create um, an opportunity to move those listeners into uh, a new platform. And I think we've done that really successfully um, thus far, and will and only has a you know a, you know more room for for growth as a commercial opportunity. I mean, we began uh, when we brought Chris Evans over onto um, onto Virgin uh, Radio. We, again, had to move and wanted to move uh, his listeners traditionally on BBC in an ad break free environment into a commercial radio business. We had to innovate the way that we um, the way that we approached that. And that was to create a, a radio show in Chris Evans's case, The Breakfast Show, that was an ad free, uh, uh, an ad break free environment. And we've carried that through uh, into Times Radio as well. So it's, it's innovative. You know, it's commercial radio. Um, without commercial ad breaks, um, which you know was probably the first time that, that, that anyone's done this in any meaningful way, and you know, and effectively having an innovative, innovative ad break-free environment, you know, allows the brands to live as, as an integrated part of the show. Um, it's a digital first station, the space for the conversation rather than having ads in a way interrupting it, um, and we've incredibly got uh, we've got some incredible talent that have uh, that have joined us, whether it's you know uh, Michael Portillo or or, 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 or 
um, John Pienaar, um or Asma Mir. You know, we've got some incredible talent on the business. And we also uh, are able to personify some of the journalists that exist in the um, exist and write in the Times, which, again, starts to humanize the business. You know, and from that point of view, I think a lot of advertisers have been uh, coming to us, actually, you know, whilst we go to them, too. Um, of advertisers have been coming to us to think about how do we partner across all of the Times portfolio. And Land Rover would be a great example of that, the, whose deal was not only to uh, to sponsor John Pienaar's show in the afternoon, drive time, but also to take our digital and print at the, at the same time. And then you've seen the same with Fortnum and Mason and Specsaver. So it's not only allowing us to bring in new advertisers into a marketplace that they hadn't been into before, but also extends the uh, opportunities, commercial opportunities across the Times portfolio. And that sounds like a great position to be in. Um, you have talked about, as part of um, the Ozone project, how competing newspaper groups can work more closely together now than they did in the past. As an industry, are there other areas where you would like to see closer cooperation? Yeah, uh, look, we've, we've, we're saying on, on one level, Ozone is one aspect of it from, from a publishing side of the business where we've seen that collaboration. I think, and I think that's only set to, uh, set to continue and, uh, and, and grow. And then on the, our radio side of the business, you know, the joint venture that we've done with Bayer as well, that, that we see collaboration. Um, I think it's important that we do that, you know, uh, where, where we can if in it, and if it's appropriate. Um, for for the businesses in, involved, and I think we'll continue to see that, and I think we'll see you know possibly see more consolidation um, in the industry as well. I think when it comes to the biggest thing for me is always when it comes to research. I, I you know we you know people talk about the last click attribution that that, that 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 goes to Google, ignoring the fact that you know in many cases search starts with a name. It's just lazy you know it, it, it's lazy consumers in a way that that that, that actually just just put a search term in Google, but actually they know the brand that they they're looking for. Um, what we what we have to have is better full funnel attribution um, than we currently have, which means research bodies I think should be encouraged to work together rather than against each other and remove some of the vested interest of the of the research companies and move towards you know the 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 better understanding of consumer behavior and the consumer journey you know from you know from inspiration all the all the way through to activation um, and i don't think that happens as uh, i don't think there is one example that i would say at an industry level where um, where we would say we have the best full funnel attribution. It doesn't really exist. And I, I would encourage all media owners to really put pressure on research companies and across all media, um, not just in publishing, but in TV, radio, whatever, to put all, um, to put all the eggs into how do, we, how do we provide better information for advertisers so that we become more trusted um, and we can give a true perspective of the value of each media that you're, that you're buying rather than everything being attributed to the last click. Well, looking ahead to 2021, which will hopefully be a, a more positive year for all of us, uh, can you talk about anything else that you've got in the pipeline uh, at News UK? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, look, we've um, uh, you know, seen an announcement yesterday. Um, we continue to invest in our, in, in, in our business. And um, yesterday we announced uh, that uh, Graham Norton uh, who recently yep, yep. announced that he was leaving uh, Radio Two? Um, his joining is joining Wireless. Um, we we're going to continue to uh, 
change the makeup of our business in terms of uh, in terms of the makeup from our of our people uh, in our in our business. You know, our people really at the heart of everything that we do. And without them, we don't we don't have anything that attracts the consumer. So you know, having the best content out there, which means you know, in our in our world, but creating more diversity, having uh, you know a balance of views and opinions. So, so we continue to invest in all of our products across print, digital, and um, and, and and broadcast, um, and we will continue to innovate. Um, Surely you wouldn't expect me to tell you everything that we're going to be doing in the next no, 12 months, no. <laughs> apart from to say that, you know, we have significant ambitions. We've never shied from ambition in this organization, and we don't shy now from the things that we're going to achieve over the next 12, 18, and three years, 18 months and three years. So, so yeah, we have um, significant ambitions and more to come. Watch this space. Perhaps, perhaps a better question would be, what, what excites you most about the future of new me- news media? Uh, well, I go, go back to where I, almost where I began. I mean, there's never been a time when it's never been exciting. Um, the innovation that exists is, you know, as a 24-7 media business, you know, as opposed to a business that 30 years ago, you know, really just popped out a product every 24 hours. You know, we do, truly are a 24-7 media business in all forms at the moment. And, you know, and that 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 is only set to continue and create more opportunities. I think as um, as we move forward over uh, over the next, you know, year, two years, three years, um, with the uh, with obviously the deprecation of the cookie, um, it becomes really important that advertisers will want to talk to uh, those those media owners that have a good understanding uh, of their of their consumers and have first party data. And you know, I think we're very very well placed as an organisation, you know, to be able to demonstrate that. And I think the opportunity there is in is in the innovation product innovation about how we articulate that and make it easier for for our customers to be able to buy and the customers. In this regard, I'd talk about advertisers. Um, you know, so I'm I'm excited by the opportunities of uh, of an acceleration of our digital first approach to the business, the opportunities um, uh, in the transformation, the structural transformation that we that we've made across our organisation, um, our holistic approach to 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 the way that we talk to advertisers across all different platforms. Um, I think is just creating more opportunities for growth, and that's the thing that I'm most excited by. And finally, a question that we ask all of our interviewees: Outside of work, what do you do to relax? You know, I'll just, um, I just—I got asked earlier on to write a piece for a for for, for a website. The question was um, much related to this, which was, "What are your interests and hobbies outside of work?" Um, the sad thing is that my only interest is, or, or the biggest interest that I have, still relates to work, which is getting this business back into growth, and that's the thing that that that, that, that is it that dominates uh, much of my mind from interest point of view um but outside of work i mean i think the hobbies um hobbies i have i've got three three kids although they deny that they're kids um you know one of them's 18 uh, one of them's nearly 15 and the other one's 13 um so they're possibly the best and the worst ages um but they provide uh good conversation you know which increasingly becomes good argumentation um but um that's also part of good family life and uh you know, so enjoying i think the family is um is amazing my wife and three kids and my black labrador um, but outside of that, um, you know, I love motorbikes. Um, you know, I, I get, I like the, the, uh, I, I, I guess I like the solitude of my head in a helmet, um, and just being able to, uh, uh, distract myself from everything that I do. Playing golf, um, I'm a golf ball and also, uh, doing track days on my motorbike. So, um, the thrill, um, and energy of speed. So, so yeah, so I, I find my relaxation, relaxation doing all of those things and walking with the family. Well, it sounds like you're, you're very busy outside of work. 
Dominic yeah. Carter, thank yeah, <laughs> thank thank you very much for being our guest on the In Publishing podcast. Thank you. A big thank you again to Acorn Web Offset for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for a new magazine printer, then check out their website at acornweb.co.uk or contact Matt Carey on 07714 299 105 or by email at matthew.carry at acornweb.co.uk. Thanks, Dominic, for being our guest this week and giving such a fascinating insight into commercial strategy at one of the UK's biggest media groups. If you want to find out more about News UK, you can visit their website at news.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And please join me next week on the In Publishing Podcast. <laughs>